0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time AFL Podcast. Free agency winners and losers edition. That's right. This week we're going to be talking about all the free agency winners and losers in NFL free agencies so far. My name is Hakun Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief at Football Garbage Time, and with me, as usual, is Ryan Whitfield, senior staff writer at Football Garbage Time. How are you doing, Ryan? Ryan, you, you there? I see. See you there. Hold on. Let me give you a. Let me give it this shot
0: here. Yeah, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, we can't hear you now. Boy, that's like an old Verizon commercial there for a little bit. Uh, how are you doing, Ryan?
0: Uh, I'm doing great. You doing just all- up for a, Yeah, just gearing up for another 19 and 0 season, um, or this time finishing it <laughs> off and uh, going three out of four again. So. All right. Confidence is
1: good. Confidence is good. So, hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, This is something that kind of has popped up today, and uh, you might not be prepared for it, but we just saw Eddie Lacy get signed by the Seattle Seahawks, which is interesting to me because they had Thomas Rawls, who was supposed to be the guy of the future, but now they got Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls. Tell me, how do you feel about this Eddie Lacy signing by the Seattle Seahawks?
0: Yeah, I think it's surprising—a good word for. It. I think another good word for it would be stupid. Um, you know, the okay. things that the Seahawks should be concentrating on. Um, running back's not really one of them for me. I mean, it's not a horrible contract. I just think it kind of shows that um, I don't know. My my only priority in Seattle right now would be uh, signing as many good offensive linemen as possible. After what you saw by sure, right. Russell Wilson last year, um, and I think yep. you know, I, I'm not really I'm not really concerned about Rawls. I thought. is is the better running back there. I think you saw it before he got injured. And so that would be who I'd be going to. And now you just have three backs in the backfield. It seems like too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, Just a weird move to me. Well, you know,
1: so so Marshawn Lynch actually um, was one of those guys, you know, who had many yards after contact. And it's interesting because if you look at the list of those who had the most yards, Per rush after contact since 2013, Marshawn Lynch tops it at 2.2 yards. That's not that's not surprising. But number two on that list was Eddie Lacy at 2.15. Do you think that maybe they're onto something here by getting Eddie Lacy, or you think they're just kind of grasping at straws?
0: I mean, if they can a get him uh, a strength and conditioning coach that can keep him from getting hurt every season, maybe. And right. two, they got to put out. Uh, you know a gag or it's all the chinese food restaurants anywhere within a 10 mile radius of where <laughs> they're <head laughs> living maybe they have a shot
1: okay well they also have jamal charles coming in tomorrow for a visit as well so this is uh this is not over yet but uh it's going to be over for us because we can we can talk about tear apart the Seattle seahawks moves next week right now we're going to be covering all the winners and losers in the league from nfl free agency So everyone knows that the NFL free agency opened up essentially on March 7th when the non-tampering period picked up. And on March 9th, they are able to start signing those free agents around the league. So I think what we want to do first is start with the winners of NFL free agencies so far. So Ryan, can you tell me who do you think is a, a team that has actually won in free agencies so far?
0: I mean, is there, any, is there anybody else besides the Patriots? I mean... You know, the old oh, adage wow. Strong you words. Think, Go ahead. I mean, I think, I think you know, through two years, you've gotten to know me pretty well, but I, I stay pretty level headed most of the time. You know, after a Super Bowl win, I'm a little bit arrogant and a little bit tough to deal with, but for the most part, I'm pretty level headed about what the Patriots do. Um, with that said, usually the old adage is that teams that win the offseason don't win the regular season, but most of the teams didn't come off of two championships in three seasons. Um, what the Patriots have done here, and I'll put a caveat out right now that I would grade uh, the Stephon Gilmore signing as a B-plus right now. If Malcolm Butler ends up not coming back this season, then that immediately goes down to a C-plus for me. So that move is completely contingent on, you know, when I, right. when I exploded on Twitter about it uh, the other morning, was because I thought he was coming in to play the number two corner next to Malcolm. Um, Absolutely. And then, you know, my hopes got up again when they made the Brandon Cooks trade which was rumored to have Malcolm Butler involved in it, that didn't have Malcolm Butler involved in it. And then about 15 minutes later, Schefter tweeted out that that's not a done deal, that they don't end up trading him to the Saints eventually anyways. So,
1: you know, right, right.
0: that would be the one disappointment. And I'm assuming, given all reports right now, that Hightower's coming back. Um, so, you know, with, with those two things said, I'll, I'll kind of go through the moves quickly. I mean, some of them are trades, obviously, but some free, free agents, period. Um, I love Dwayne Allen. I know a lot of people are kind of talking about his stats and his catches and his yards, but the fact of the matter is that when he's healthy, he's almost a touchdown for a week guy. He's a great red zone target. Um, so if you add him in there as your second, you know, your backup to, to Gronk as another red zone weapon, I, I love that move. Um, and I love let, letting go of Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett is your classic second contract mental case that, that, you know, you get him for the one year while he's focused and then you might him be somebody else's problem. So his production on the field, um, will be missed, but I don't think he would have given that production next year anyways. So I like that move. Um, obviously, I think Brandon Cook's move is an A++ deal. I think what he brings for the Patriots with the long ball, um, just another added weapon. I mean, just just to make it clear now, that that makes Danny Amendola, who had another huge Super Bowl, the fifth receiver on the Patriots depth chart now with Brandon right. That is there. That is, that is beyond scary. Um, you know, you have Malcolm Mitchell, who, who was great right down the stretch in the second year, and then the other three, obviously, with Edelman Hogan and. Um, uh, drawing a blank here. Edelman Hogan and. Uh, uh, anyways, I'm going to move on because I can't believe coming up. Now, you don't know, <laughs> uh, so have much too many wide now,
1: receivers, but, is the bottom line. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so, um, you know, I love the, the Coney Healy deal, too. That's another high-end potential guy, and, you know, in the most Belichick of all things, uh, I forget who tweeted this out, but I saw this this week. Um, he's making, uh, I think, a million dollars this year, or just under, um, and he had five sacks last year, and Debal Sheard is, is going to make five million this year, and had five sacks last year. So, he, he traded he traded for the same production, he moved down eight spots to do it, only, and he got somebody for four million dollars to do the same thing. Um, and I think he's got a higher ceiling than Debal Sheard, so... Just up and down I just think they've they've been they've been they've been, they've been super aggressive. They've made the best um, set of moves and I'm, you know, obviously very excited about what they've done. Yeah, so I can I'll say
1: this. So I'm um, I, I... If, if you can keep Malcolm Butler and Dante Hightower, I think you guys did everything you need to do, or I should say you guys, the Patriots, did everything they need to do in order to stay uh, absolutely at the top of their game. I, I'm, I'm not as sold on Brandon Cooks. I actually like Malcolm Mitchell. I don't think that it was necessary to bring in someone like Cooks, but it can't hurt. He's definitely a great opportunity, has a great opportunity there to really get some huge production up there, and, and certainly he's well-proven in NFL so far, so uh, it certainly is not a, a downgrade in any sense. I just thought perhaps they didn't have to, to move that type of uh, they have to move somebody like Brandon Cook into that lineup. But I think Dante Hightower and Malcolm Butler was, is going to be key. That's I've heard some rumors now that, Malcolm, that Dante Hightower is getting offered serious dollars from the Jets and a lot of other teams uh, and the Jets are really, really in on trying to get him. So if he leaves, that could be a real issue, I think. And Malcolm Butler, I, I really do think that they should have locked him up or, or something. You know, maybe, I know you're not, not a fan of the franchise, but, you know, franchise him perhaps even, because I think he is kind of a core person in that in that defense right now, and he kind of came up in that defense, so he's kind of learned in that defense. And he's a, I, I just can't say enough about how critical it is to keep someone like him back there in the secondary who can really run one-on-one and play well in coverage as well. So I think there's a couple question marks there, but I do agree with you. I think the features have made all the right moves. I definitely like the Coney Ealy move. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they gave up basically nothing to get a guy who has a lot, a lot of potential. So I, I really do like that a lot. So I, I agree there's a lot of upside here. So let me uh, let me turn it to another uh, team that I think has a lot of, uh, a lot of winners in free agency, although have been causing waves in the offseason for all the wrong reasons, and that's the Washington Redskins. Uh, you know, Scott the, uh the GM, Was conspicuously absent from the combine We all know why now It's because of the fact that they were trying to push him out The team president, Bruce Allen Kind of lied his way through that Saying that he had to go back Because he had the death in the family Of course the death had occurred more than a month prior So that all ended up being kind of like Well, okay, buddy, but that doesn't doesn't quite ring true And of course the entire uh, Leaked relapse into alcoholism From a quote-unquote anonymous source To the Washington Post when it ended up being kind of a leak through Chris Cooley, I mean, that's I, that's unbelievably unprofessional and, and really a sign, I think, that the uh, the alcohol issue may not have been the major issue they're making it out to be. But that notwithstanding, the Redskins still managed to put together a pretty good season. Now, we all know that Kirk Cousins was franchised. He signed that tender. Uh, they may end up trading him still, and he doesn't really want to be there long term, apparently, but he's still going to be there. They lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garcon in free agency, but they picked up Terrell Pryor for a song. I mean, they literally picked up Terrell Pryor for nothing. He has a one-year deal, $6 million, $6 million guaranteed, but that's it. And he showed so much promise on that Browns offense. It's really interesting to me because he was offered a multi-year deal that was better than that by the Browns. He turned it down thinking he could get better in free agency, and he did not because of the fact that the Browns moved on to Kenny Britt. Big mistake. And now he was stuck trying to find a partner, and he ends up partnering with the Redskins. Now, he has even come out and said he's a little bit concerned about the, uh, the security, like the consistency out there in Washington. But can you imagine what Pryor can do? if he is able to really run with a good quarterback as opposed to the mess that was in Cleveland. So I really think that was a good move. And, of course, they picked up – they did shore up the defense as well. They picked up Stacy McGee and Terrell McClain's defensive tackles uh, to multi-year deals uh, for, for not too much, about $5 million a year on those. And they got D.J. Swearinger from Arizona, strong safety. Also, I think a pretty good – pretty good pickup. Altogether, they did what they had to do. They preserved their offense. They lost their two key receivers, but honestly, I think Terrell Fire makes up for that on a really, really cheap deal, and I think that as far as the defense is concerned, they've done what they need to do to improve that. Any thoughts on the on the Redskins?
0: Yeah, I, I like the Redskins moves. Um, yeah, I think um, their receiving core is pretty, pretty, you know, they got younger, which is key, and um, they didn't sacrifice a lot of talent in it. Um, I do like the moves on defense as well, so I think I think they'll be you know I think they'll be marginally better next year, but I, I don't think right. they've made enough moves to uh, to win the NFC East. But I think they had a a good off season and um, you know I think uh, if they can lock up you know if they can find you know get productive out of prior and then lock him up long term. Um, he was one of my favorite guys. who's going to be in this free agent class, so um, right. yeah, I think I think about, a great yeah. job. Yeah, and I think that, you know,
1: this could all be a rental, right? This could be after a year, this entire thing can blow up, So, and it's just like the Redskins to completely blow up like that, so who knows what's going to happen, but at least, if nothing else, I think they got to make the right moves for 2017. The other team I thought was actually not too bad with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they actually saw what was going on at the wide receiver market, and we saw that was much hotter than the running back market, and I know how you feel about <laughs> running backs, Ryan, so I know you're not surprised by that at all, but... You know, in a market where Kenny Britt and Kenny Stills are signed to eight million dollars per year, they managed to go out and get Deshaun Jackson for only three million more. Now, I know it sounds like oh, three million dollars is not dropping the bucket, but eleven million dollars for a proven deep threat, I think that's really important to them because they got Matt Evans there already. Um, you know, got Cameron Brate. You know, Winston's coming into his own. They really have a lot that they can work on here. And quite frankly, they only committed two years to Deshaun Jackson. After the second year, there are no guarantees. So, uh, honestly, when it comes right down to it, they got two years to get what the production they need out of Deshaun Jackson, and, re- and really what they we need is a reliable downfield threat that can draw coverage away from Mike Evans, and I think that's a big deal. And, of course, I, I also saw that there was a, a really good move here where they signed uh, Chris Baker. Um, away from Washington. I think he's one of the better defensive ends there. They got him for only $9 million guaranteed uh, on a multi-year deal. That was, I thought was a good t- good uh, move as well. Uh, and they also got J.J. Wilcox, a free safety from Dallas. Not terrible. He was only, they're only playing him for about $3 million a year on, a, on the two-year deal. So I think they did what they need to do. They got their defense up there. They managed to give... Winston, another deep threat, another opportunity to get the ball down there. I mean, when you look at the fact you got Cameron Bright and Mike Evans in the in the red zone and you got Deshaun Jackson, I know you hate this term, taking the top off. I really do think that this offense can really fly next year. What do you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, I and
0: mean, I absolutely just hate that term. The only the only guy who ever truly took the top off the of defense was Randy Moss, and uh, he proved time and time again, even with that skill set, you can't win a Super Bowl. So, um, with that said, <laughs> right, right. I think put anywhere for Deshaun to go, um, I think this would be a good fit. Um, you have, like you said, with, with him paired with Mike Evans, I love. Um, and and Jameis has a big arm and can hit the downfield throws. So I think. Having that rep for him will just make that offense better, and Cameron Bray in another year will, will elevate a little bit more. So I love that, too. Um, the Chris Baker signing, I agree, was, you know, I think a bit of a steal. Um, I think he'll be a huge part of that defense, and, you know, it's really if that defense can improve, because the offense, while it was a little bit trick-or-treat last year, was still good enough to be a playoff team, um, and there were times that the defense just wasn't good enough. So I think, I think, I think those two moves will – we the uh, definitely benefit them in the long haul. Yep,
1: yep. Okay, right. So that's uh, that's what we got right now for the people who actually uh, won in free agency. There's others that are in between, but I think those are the ones that we kind of feel strongly about. So that means it's time for us to go to the other side, and those are the people who lost in free agency. So this is going to be all those people that we think that didn't do so well. So tell us, Ryan, who do you think? What team do you think lost in free agency?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, um you know, I was going through it and you know, my criteria was I was leaving off teams that didn't really make any moves. Um because Right, right. You just you know, like the Steelers every year don't make moves. I wanna talk about teams that I think are messed up. Um you know, my close runner up that I'll mention quickly I'd actually been putting a pre show email to you. But I said this last year and now even more so I don't know what they're what they're doing. Um you know, not that I think uh Tyrod Taylor is a great quarterback, anyways, but I don't know who's going to be going right. to in Buffalo. he have got Sammy. Sammy can't run a route. Walk Who can only run fly routes and, and doesn't have right. the speed to take the top off the defense. And then last year you let Hogan walk out the door, and we all saw what he did in New England last year and won a Super Bowl. We sure did. And now now Robert yep. Woods is out the door. You know, I just I just don't get what they're doing. So they're a mess as always, per usual. Uh, and they signed right. two fullbacks. So apparently they think it's still 1965. Um, but anyway. <laughs> My other big loser was the Browns. You know, I don't... I'm more on, on the on the Penny Britt contract because I think it's too much. I think it's too long. And yeah. I think that's a re- the reason why it is because that's, that's why the Cleveland Browns have of put the bad off. Now, they... Um, this is more not about the news but about the state that they're in. And I think the agency reflects that. They can't get business with people. They had to take on... The, uh, the the contract of uh, Brock Osweiler to to add some cap to this you know to take on cap money because they are so bad they can't even overpay you to come there right now that that is when you know you're in trouble um you know I think I think the draft picks you know acquiring all the draft picks they have and the offensive line uh, moves were, were decent enough um, but I think overall they're they're a huge loser in free agency because not only is it bad PR for everyone to see how little that the free agents this year want to come to you but it also has to be a sobering moment for that, for that organization to realize just how far away they are from being competitive. So um, if, if I'm the GM of any team having the worst offseason right now, I, I, I'd be you know, the GM in Cleveland. Yeah, and, you know, uh, i got to ask
1: you about that. That Brock Osweiler trade – Wow, is that like the most like NBA-type trade ever? They just move him around for cap space, and then they're basically going to dump him if they can't find a trade partner? And I've heard they're basically willing to give him away for a song. They're offering to pay half his contract and say, listen, just take him off our books, and we'll give you, we'll give you picks. We'll take half his contract. Just take him off our books, and then we'll be happy. I mean, what, what do you think about that move by the Browns, you know, with, with Osweiler and, and taking him off? For that big contract that he had in Houston. Yeah, I
0: think uh, you know, I think it is spelled the end for him. He's a he's an idiot, you know. As far as I like, just everything, every little leak story I've heard, it sounds like a guy who doesn't quite understand what it takes to be a quarterback. The quarterback has to be passionate, emotion, uh, you know, emotional. Has to be fiery, but also has to you know have a level of like um, awareness to, to be somewhat you know uh, controlled and. There's just so much that goes, I and mean, you're basically thinking about you know what, what you would uh, you'd want the CEO of all your of your company to be, what what skill set, personality traits, and that's what you need as your quarterback. And this is a guy Cry. last year, who, when he came in for Savage, and Savage got injured, there was out there saying like, let's just have fun, guys. And it was like he didn't understand the magnitude of the moment. That now the leaks come out that after the game he was arguing with Billy O'Brien, saying you know almost whining, saying well you only had me in there because you needed to have me in there, and it's like. Yep, that's the role of a backup rock. I don't know if you understand right, that. That's but like that, do. That's absolutely – that's the job description is you come in right. when Savage is out only. So it just seems like something's not there, and, like, he might just not – whether it's emotional, uh, you know, suit or if it's just straight up that he's just, you know, one of those dumb jocks, he just doesn't get it. But um, this this tells the end of it. If <laughs> the Cleveland Browns are looking to trade you for a bag of balls and they put one in 15 last year, and – for all intents and purposes, they don't have a quarterback. And they were the team last year willing to take a, you know, a fourth stance on Robert Griffith Sr. Um, and, you know, drafted Johnny Manzella. If you can't even get a shot like those guys did, um, you know, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah. I agree, and it makes it makes Elway and the Broncos look like geniuses now. <laughs> Getting rid of him for that, much. I mean, get him off the roster a year before he implodes. I mean, I guess they had some inside information. There was nothing that he did when he stood in for uh, Peyton Manning that gave anybody the uh, the the uh, the feel that he was actually going to be able to be good in an NFL system. So it's amazing that the Houston Texans did that. It just demonstrates how desperate they were to get a starting signal caller back there in Houston, and that. Compl- completely exploded in their face but hey the good news is that you know quite frankly they have all the other pieces they need they just need to get a good signal caller and it did manage to unload uh their albatross and osweiler so there, there there, that is all right let me turn to the other team that i think did uh very poorly and is a loser in free agency so far and and uh, some of it is for the same type of reasons that the browns had and that's my chicago bears Oh, my gosh. So let me just say this. Now, as far as I understand it, they're having trouble attracting talent and attracting free agents because of the fact that there's some instability in the organization. Not as bad as the Redskins, so I wonder why you know, people don't want to trust them. But, they're not, but they, they are having some problems with long-term commitment with the Bears. They feel that there's some instability there. And also because they just are not good. They're just not any good anywhere around, and they really don't have any pieces to build around except for Jordan Howard. Now, I will say that they've made, with that being said, they've made some decent moves in the offseason on defense, a defense that allowed the eighth most points per game at 24.9 and the sixth most rush yards per game, 121.9, and had the least number of takeaways of any team in the NFL uh, at just 11 total uh, fumble recoveries and interceptions. Uh, but, but that's not really going to be enough. Now, let, let me just say, the quarterbacks they added, Marcus Cooper from Arizona, Prince Makamura from uh, from Jacksonville, you know, not bad. Mark Scooper's better than Prince Makamura. I mean, he hasn't really proven himself. He's kind of replacement level. But you know, we really needed cornerbacks and we got him pretty much on the cheap. So I, I don't feel bad for that. It's one it's a one year contract. on Prince, uh, only seven million dollars. Not not terrible. And we did manage to get Quinton Demps from Houston, strong safety. I think we did the did what we had to do to bring in some talent. But on offense, it really seems. It seems like a, big smag, a mixed bag. We lost Alshon Jeffrey. We lost Brian Hoyer. And they released Jay Cutler. None of that is surprising. But then they replaced him with Mike Glennon, Marcus Wheaton, and Kendall Wright. And although I don't think those are terrible moves in a limited market, what I think is a loser move is to overpay for each of those guys. Now, Mike Glennon, they managed to pay about 15 to $16 million. And he's a guy who attempted just 11 passes in the last two years. And the worst part is they were bidding against no one. They were bidding against themselves. No other team in the NFL was willing to go over $10 million for him. So they had, they ended up going $6 million up against themselves. Now, there aren't any guarantees past the first year, so it's definitely team-friendly. And they can jettison, jettison him after the first year if it doesn't work out. And it's, it's clear they're going to have to draft another quarterback, and maybe they were thinking of him as a bridge quarterback, but $15 million for a bridge quarterback is a lot of money to pay. Now, they also overpaid for Marcus Wheaton. $11 million over two years and $6 million guaranteed. They essentially paid Marcus Wheaton the same amount that the Redskins paid Terrell Pryor to come in. That is unbelievable. Marcus Wheaton, who showed no uh, showed nothing after having all the significant opportunities he had the Steelers, uh, particularly last year when he was basically the default number two wide receiver, he was none unable to make anything happen and had a lot of injuries to boot. And then they managed to pick up Kendall Wright. Uh, now they got him on the cheap, only four thousand, only four million dollars. Although maybe he's only worth four thousand dollars, I don't know. But he's had uh, he did have a thousand plus yard receiving season in 2013. But heck, keep he fell out of rotation in the wide receivers in Tennessee in 2016, which makes you wonder how good could he possibly be at this point. So I, I do have a lot of issues with what the Bears have done, and I think part of it is that nobody wants to go play for them. But, you know, with what they did on defense, fine. On offense, it, is, it scares me. It absolutely scares me what's going to happen next year. So what are your thoughts
0: on uh, on my Chicago Bears and their offseason moves? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it's indicative of, of the biggest issue in the NFL right now. Um, somewhere along the line, you know, the, the owner just got ADD. Um, you know, coaches only get a couple years to fix things, like two or three, and, or if you coach in Cleveland, you typically get one, um, which is which is not enough to turn around a program. So what you get is you don't have the patience of building through the draft and slowly doing it kind of like what uh, the Cowboys did um, to get to this new era where they've been good the last couple years. So you have to go out and sign bums. And that's, and that's what you guys did. You can't get anybody good. Nobody wants to come there. So you guys are overpaying Proud. for prep for guys because you're just trying to make the playoffs to save your job and hopefully you can do it. But if you don't, in two to three years, you get fired. Um, I think it's the biggest issue is that there's no patience, no security, and no ability to see a plan through. And teams are just looking for the quick fix, which is um, – So while I think that they, you know, I think I tweeted out you uh, for the Kendall Wright deal. just another underwhelming move by the, by the Bears. Um, yeah. You know, I, it yeah. has. But you know, the thing with Penny Wright, what I'd say is, I think he'll have a good year because what happened with Penny Wright that really, um, or Kendall Wright, sorry, Kendall Wright, that let him fall out of favor was he's a very new 1st team guy. I want the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. So when he's on a bad team right. like the Titans were in 2013, he flourishes. Um But when you start bringing in more weapons and more guys, and it's time to be a team player, I think that's where he struggles because uh, you know. So I think it's an attitude thing with him. So. Um, if he's just a bridge yeah. receiver for you guys yeah. to get you through and get some more relevancy, then that's good. But, I, you know, once you guys start actually building something, um, moving forward out of that, then, that, then I think it's time to really kind of move on from the guy because um, everything you hear about him, he's not a winner. He's uh give me my touches, give me my targets, uh, give me my yards, and I don't care if we lose, you know, 47 of 24 as long as I put up all three touches. Right, right.
1: I, I agree. So, it's you know, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Now I, I look at it and you say, well, we're going to have Mike Lennon – throwing to the quartet of receivers, including Kevin White, who essentially hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't shown us anything yet, even though he was a fourth overall draft pick, and Cameron Meredith, basically an undrafted free agent who had a decent year, and Marcus Wheaton and Kendall Wright. I mean, none of that scares me. Then you got Zach Miller coming back at tight end. Maybe he can make a difference. Maybe, but if he can stay healthy. And we signed Deion Sims from the Dolphins. What a... What a crap move that was. I mean, he's more of a blocking tight end than anything else, and we don't really need him. And they signed him to $18 million over three years, uh, $10 million guaranteed. That's a lot to pay for a blocking tight end. I, I just don't, I don't really get any of that. Now, the only thing I have to say is at least we got Jordan Howard still. He's still there, still going to be running the offense. And if he can move the chains on first and second down, I do think that we can be at least not horrible next year with what they've done. I just think they just overpaid on all of that. And the only good news is that, like I said, Glennon's deal is team-friendly. After a year, I'm hopeful that they draft a quarterback, and after a year, they, they get find somebody who can take over the reins permanently. All right, well, that's basically all the time we have today, so let's ring the bell on that one. And that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, next week we'll be covering more stuff on free agency. We're going to be moving up on that draft. We're going to be talking about drafts. And keep an eye out on Twitter because we're going to be doing our mock draft like we always do every year. And uh, that's always a good way to get in on who all the best prospects are for each of the different teams and what, what type of strategies they might employ in the first couple rounds of the draft. All right, Ryan, tell us your, uh, your Twitter account and Instagram account so that people can follow you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And since we have two minutes here, I just wanted to throw in, I forgot to mention this earlier. Um okay, since I never yeah. really give running backs a lot of love, um, I absolutely love those Patriots picking up Rex Burkhart today. Um and I really? that, Okay. I think uh, I'm gonna ask you about I that. I think yeah. He, yeah, I think I think he's gonna be he's the perfect Patriot, perfect replacement. He's not as obviously not as big as Legarrett, but he can run between the tackles, um, he can catch balls, so I think he's perfectly versatile. I think he's gonna be great in that system. Uh, but you yeah, can, uh, you can fight me on that at all huh
1: no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on Rex Burr I think he was actually pretty good I didn't I don't have any problems with that signing at all I just think they have a crap load of running backs to deal with now
0: they do but you know I, I don't think I don't think Garrett comes back so I think it's just the three you have and maybe they, they draft a, a kid um to try to come in and push somebody in like the, you know in one of the later rounds since they uh they get away most of their picks this year
1: <laughs> yeah well that's that's true and when they, and of course they don't really care about that that's that's something that ever really impacts them. All right. Well, that, sure. now that brings us to the end of the show. All right. So, um, again, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. All the news, all free agency news, draft pick news, any, uh, any prospect news, we'll tweet out. And, of course, follow Ryan on Instagram and on Twitter. And we will see you next week when we talk more about what's happening with the NFL.